The champ is here. The champ is here. Second episode of the final. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. It's the final episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies. And I have to tell you, Sheldon, maybe it's the week I've had. I got very emotional during this episode. (laughs) Am I getting soft in my old age? I feel like someone wrote that in. And then I watched the episode and I was kind of like, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying here. It was interesting. Um, Yeah, there are definitely moments where I was like, okay, this is getting real. But I also think it goes back to my whole theory about them, CBS Viacom, turning this into Survivor, pulling at the heartstrings of what you would see on CBS, you know, trying to get you in your feelings, you know? Yeah, I will actually, This speaking of Survivor and CBS, I will tell you, I should classic us totally unprepared we did not talk about this i am who i don't know her name but apparently i Mm. am like two steps away from knowing the current winner of survivor like she and it was canadian right yeah but she went to university with a bunch of people i know from like she went to western which is a big journalism school here in Mm -hmm. uh Ontario. It's in Western Ontario. We're in Southern Ontario for our non-Canadian listeners. Uh, But she went to Western and I know a bunch of journalists that went to Western and we travel in the same circles. So small world, eh? Survivor. I haven't watched since like season one. So yeah. Yeah. I only watched really the first season. No disrespect to Survivor, but I just... No, I'm disrespecting Survivor. I don't rep Survivor at all. Wow. Okay. All right. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, for me, like my reality TV shows, it's just, I don't know. It it lost me at some point. I just can't, I can't, uh, what is it? Suspend disbelief. Is that, what's the term? You're the smart one, John. Help me out. Yeah, no, suspend Um, disbelief. You got it. But like, I just can't buy into them actually like sleeping outside on this beach. Like, it's just not like, I can't get past that fact that it's not real. Like there's catering right beside you. There's like tents and heaters and like, like whatever it is that there it's there. It's not what they're selling me on the show. And that's what I can never get past. That's That's a me thing. It's a me thing. I mean, obviously the challenge is my number one reality TV show. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I am definitely for like competitions. Big Brother would be my number two. Okay, but Big Brother's demanding. Like watching three hours per week, like that's a big ask. I ain't got time Especially for that in the anymore. summer. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> like I know I've talked about it, but this season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is a banger <laughs> and so good. And then um, Below Deck is really good. Agreed. Like, I'm those, in on Below Deck. Below Deck is awesome. So like those are those are sort of my like top four. Mm-hmm. And then I like I like the uh, like Great Canadian Bake Off. <laughs> okay. Like shows like that, I'm really into. I like your range. I like your range. Listen, I'm a Renaissance man. I've got a lot <laughs> of diversity. I've got okay. a lot going on in this brain of mine. 
more power to you, my dude. More power to you. I mean, and you more know, power to friend. our. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, you're my friend. You know the random shit I say all the time. This is true. I can vouch for that. I can definitely <laughs> vouch for that. Um, I want to ask you something though about this episode of the okay. finale. Did you enjoy the finale? I loved it. You loved it. Wow. I, okay. I I really enjoyed this episode. Like this. Okay. This is to me one of the strongest, most interesting, and obviously one of the closest finals ever. Like. Okay. We'll get to it when we get to it. But even the third place team had interesting things going on. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, the two uh, first and second were separated by 10 seconds. Like it was truly a game of inches. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. But like there was some very legitimate emotional notes being struck during Mm -hmm during this episode and i was just i was all in it was good shit yeah and right off the bat you know they do such a really good job of storytelling and they're trying to to sell us on everyone thinking oh it'd be great to win with this team right it'd be great to win with this team and they're in foursomes at the beginning of the episode and i'm watching that and thinking okay well we know this is not how it's going to end why do we know this because it's never how it ends right so i thought that was interesting but in terms of how this challenge breaks down and every, you know, finale ends up being the same where it's an endurance test, right? And mm-hmm. so there, the fourth checkpoint, um, you had to unravel a rope, which was basically knotted through a cage. Once you get that undone, you're able then to go into the water to then memorize a code. Shouts to memorizing the code, as we know, that's a huge part of this elimination or uh, this very important, very important. Um, But I just thought it was interesting. The, the, the most interesting part of this section here to me was Nelson. Yes. Right. Um, I was actually worried for Nelson's safety, even though I shouldn't have been, because obviously there's like safety people around to ensure that someone doesn't drown. But it was a reminder of like how good they are at filming this. Cause it, it almost tricked me for a split second. Cause I was kind of like, okay, there's no one near this guy. And it looks like he's struggling to swim. Um, what did you make of just this part of the challenge in Nelson? I mean, again, maybe it's where I am <laughs> this week. Cause I've had a trying emotional week, but I felt so bad for Nelson. And he's worked at swimming. Mm -hmm. Like there's, I mean, he gets, especially Marie teases him on Twitter. He was in the pool. Like he, for years, he recognized that swimming was the weakest part of his game that he could work on. Can't work on his brain. It is what it is with that. But like he tried and I have, Nelson's really matured and grown on me. I have in my notes, I hate that I like Nelson now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, we've teasingly called him Scubanelli. Like he's mm-hmm. worked at this. And to see him get scared and struggle, like it was actually painful to watch. And like, you know, we can 
I know you and LT ages ago when LT subbed in for me on an episode of You Killed It talked about the like cultural reasons why Nelson might not oh, be a yeah. good swimmer. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's an important point. You know, swimming is a mm-hmm. real life skill, but mm-hmm. for a bunch of historic and cultural reasons, not every race feels comfortable swimming. And mm-hmm. to see I don't want to say that knowing how to swim is a privilege, but to see it cost Nelson when he has worked on it is tough. And like, I consider myself a pretty sound swimmer. Yeah. And like, in fairness to him, swimming in open water is different and harder than swimming in a pool. Like Mm -hmm. I had a pool growing up. Uh, I went to a senior school that had a massive Olympic swimming pool. Like I was in sea scouts, like I'm comfortable with swimming, but even then I know that I've been swimming like in a river or in a lake, like at a cottage. And like, sometimes you get a little scared. Sometimes you're like, oh shit, I'm pretty far. I'm pretty tired. There's a current like, so I had a lot of sympathy for Nelson. Um, And it was interesting. Kyle said, you know, sucks that he can't swim without a life jacket. And like, I didn't know that that was a thing because we've seen Nelson swim this season. I didn't realize how much he relied on the life jacket. So I felt a yeah, lot of empathy for him. When they mentioned that, I was kind of like, oh yeah, like why aren't they wearing a life jacket? I felt like in most instances, they normally would have the life jacket on. So I, that kind of caught me off guard when I realized, like when Nelson brought it up, like, oh, no life jackets. Um, I thought it was very interesting, but also too, to stick on the positives here, the thing I found interesting was the way that his team reacted. It wasn't that his, and I mean, we can only go off what they showed, right? But it's not like his team was getting on him for not being able to swim or keeping them back. And then also I like the way that he reacted about it, where he's like, hey guys, I'm sorry. This is my bad. Um, I'll make it up to you guys. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna gonna push harder. I'm gonna make it up to you guys, which I think is the right way to go about it when you feel like you let the team down, right? The only thing you can do apologize try to keep it moving and, and work harder i thought that mm-hmm. part was really cool um i know i also too. was surprised that kyle remembered all the numbers because i wasn't expecting that from kyle i mean let's just talk about this right now as you mentioned it kyle had a great finale like mm-hmm. he was in my opinion the best at confessionals in this episode he was really solid like for someone who people had their doubts about like he he can't be the mvp of this episode because the winner's got to be the mvp but man kyle looked good from start to finish in this episode which is was not necessarily what i expected but he looked well here's the thing i don't have the numbers in front of me and i'm sure someone in the comments will tell us about it which i appreciate our fans so much our listeners and viewers wherever you happen to take in this podcast. I appreciate y'all. But Kyle's been, he's one of the more underrated people in the franchise. Like he gets to finals, right? Like he's been in the mix. And I always find that he always performs. And it's like, oh man, Kyle really surprised and did a really good job. And it's like, well, at what point is he not surprising us anymore? And he's just like 
needs to get over the hump of actually winning or just has to go against someone who isn't Johnny Bananas or CT in the final, right? And then maybe he'll be able to win. But, you know, it's just super interesting that, again, he put up a pretty solid performance. And, yeah, I mean, it was – we'll get to it, obviously. But, yeah, you're right. He did have a really good episode. And including the part where it was next where – I mean, there's a lot of climbing up mountains in this for sure. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't really notice the exact point where Kyle's team passed CT's team. Like I kind of was just like, oh, they got to the checkpoint first. Like I didn't realize the actual passing point. And maybe that's just, you know, I wasn't paying attention. I was writing notes while it happened, but I knew that Devin was really struggling and I knew that that became a thing. Yep. The orange team, which is Kyle, Nelson, Nani, and Casey, they passed CT's team, the purple team, uh, at the start of the torpedo stage. So they had to unlock these torpedoes that they had to oh, carry on with their the shoulders. Key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the purple team That's when they pass them. couldn't unlock it for some reason, and the orange team just like rocked up, unlocked it, picked it up, and, and went. See, I didn't realize that was them passing. I honestly thought that, and again, this is just me being aloof, but also trying to like write notes while I'm watching the episode. I I could get into more detail as to how, never mind. But my point (laughs) is that I totally missed that part. But when I looked up and I was like, oh, okay. So the interesting part here is Devin was really struggling. And shouts to Tori and Emmy. And even CT, because I'll get to CT in a sec, but Tori and Emmy were doing a really good job in setting the pace, keeping the lead, and CT showing why he is one of the leaders, why he's an OG, why he's Uncle CT, because he was doing the most to try to help Devin keep up, right? Mm-hmm. He was staying with him. He was motivating him. He's trying to give him some pointers. He was talking trash to him, trying to make jokes, you know, and, and that part is so, so key in the final. Um and I just thought it was funny. And this is probably my line of the episode when they're trying to get up the, the mountain and CT just like, Hey, Devin, you okay? You want me to hold your hand? Are you okay? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I just thought that was funny. Uh, but also question for you, maybe this is why Tori wanted to help Emmanuel win instead of Devin. Just throwing That's it out fair. there. Just throwing it out there. It's, it's fair. Although later in the episode, we do see why Devin made it to the final. He did show us a little something at the very end. It was too little, too late, but... I'm not buying that. I'm just, yeah. (laughs) We'll get there, but yeah. We did... I thought this was funny and just like such a Nelson moment. First of all, Nelson suddenly doesn't know his shapes. Where they have (laughs) to create three squares and he's talking about triangles and rectangles and Mm -hmm. just at sea and then he compounds that where they have to push up those american gladiator style steel spheres up the hill and he just pushes theirs off the trail he's too ham i mean it just it had so many ramifications which we'll get to so i think he's (laughs) trying too hard i think he's trying too hard to just like make He's trying to make up for his falter, you know, his, his mistake. And I think he was trying a little too hard. And meanwhile, CT just pops up and right away, he's like, Nope, this is what we got to do. Angle the torpedoes like this, boom. And they're out. 
but you're right. At the end of day one, it was pretty straightforward, easy win for CT and company. I did like how every time there was a puzzle, CT's team was like, all right, Chris, what do you need us to do? <laughs> like, they right? just were like, CT, you just, we're just like your hands. Just tell us where to go mm-hmm. and we'll do it. Um, yeah. I thought it was funny that, so they have to sleep in a cave for the, at the mm-hmm. end of day one. No, like having to stand on one foot or any of that Which stuff. Which is good. Like, switching out. Just like go to sleep. And see, I think trying to like, sleep amongst the snakes was probably yeah. enough, right? But I thought it was funny that CT says it was spooky in the cave, given that he's probably the apex predator anywhere he is, right? Like, you have to assume that, like, you put CT on any continent in any country in any mm-hmm. cave, he's he's got to be top of the food chain. Yeah. Right. Like it's him or a grizzly bear. So like it's funny to think of CT be like, oh, I don't know. There might be snakes around here. You're yeah. you're fine, CT. The snakes are not gonna bother you. They might they might go after <laughs> Devin or Kyle or Casey or Nani or Tori. Yeah. You're fine though, CT. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, I thought it was super interesting on a different note, like where the challenge, where this finale was at a certain point, I was like okay, me getting up off my couch, I don't think I could have made that swim. So I would have been like Nelson there. Um, Going up the mountain, I, I, you know, you give it your all. I probably would have been like Devin, but I would have been trying. And I'll be honest. I mean, even just from my workout this morning, my chest is still like, (sighs) but that's, you know, a lot of stuff going on there, which we, there's no need to get into, especially during our current climate. But (laughs) If you know, you know, we'll we'll just say that and move on. Um, But the point I'm bringing up is when we get to the camping site, I'm like, I don't know if I'd be able to fall asleep here with all these snakes and like stuff around. And, you know, I bet you they added the sound effect in of the coyote or whatever that was, which solid editing, not mad at y'all at all. Do your thing, editors. I applaud y'all and appreciate y'all for the work that you do. But the snakes... Yeah, I don't think I would have been able to fall asleep with that. That would have been too tough for me. I think I would have been able to fall asleep just because I'd be so tired at that point. Like I get to a point where I just like, I can sleep in under any circumstance. (laughs) And like, I'm sure I would be well past that point. So the next morning, TJ had said- I was going to say something that I definitely can't say on the pod, but I'll just remind me after the pod. And yeah, one of those- so the next morning, CT, or sorry, the next morning, TJ, too many mm-hmm. initials, um, says, hey, you know, coming in first, like CT and the gang did, mm-hmm. here's the benefit, the orange cell, you guys have to face each other in an elimination. Yeah. And this is where the episode got really emotional, because obviously it means Kyle and Nelson, who are frenemies, I guess, have to go against each other. Mm-hmm. But then Casey and Nani, who are a couple who are in love, yeah. who are now yeah. talking about having children together, mm-hmm. I think for the first time ever, a couple has to go against each other. Yeah. And I found um, this whole, whole, both eliminations very emotional. So let, let's go in order. Let's talk about Nelson and Kyle first, then we'll get to Nani and Casey, right? Because I got I got a lot to say on Nani and Casey for sure. Um, 
the Kyle and Nelson thing, the first part was, I just thought this was going to be super hard and it was going to come down to like, who was more exhausted than the other. And, you know, Kyle makes a good point that he said, Hey Nelson, I'm sorry, man. It's just about weight. And like, I just weigh more than you. And that's what was going to make it a lot uh, more difficult for Nelson to try and win. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, made a lot of sense from Kyle's point. And I think it was tough to see Nelson go out because of the season that he's had. And I think yeah. that's where the emotional moments come from, right? Because like TJ was giving him like the real pep talk, pep talk, you know, yeah, that other was a people. Real conversation. Was, yeah, because we've seen Nelson in just mature on the show, essentially, right? Like Nelson... And we had a segment every week where it was, I don't remember, I don't even remember what it was called. You remember Whoa, what Nelly. it was called. Whoa, Nelly. But it was just like dumb stuff that Nelson would do every week, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. we actively would make fun of him every single week because he was doing stupid things. And I remember at one point saying, you know, two things are allowed to be true in the world. Someone's allowed to do stupid things and you're allowed to call them out for it. And then when they change their behavior, you're allowed to applaud them for that as well. And yep. far too often in our society, especially where we're at now, and again, I'm not getting into <laughs> what obvious things we could segue into, but far too often we forget about that point, right? Where we're allowed to say, hey, someone used to do stuff that was really, really, really terrible. And then now- they've seemed to have changed. Right. And I know there was a thing that happened. That was a TMZ story of him getting like knocked out in Vegas. Was it? I think it was, but, and again, I wasn't there. We weren't there. Who knows what the real story was? Who knows? Whatever. But I'm saying what we see on the show, it's just a different dude. And I think the other castmates like him enough that you could tell that there's like, it's genuine. Right. Like when there's other people doing sort of the same thing, I feel like you kind of hear from the other castmates where they're like, oh, this is kind of phony. Like, who is this guy? He's putting on a show. This isn't a real person. Yada, yada, yada. And with Nelson in this case, I mean, if there's anyone that knows what's really going on, it's TJ. And as you said, TJ gave him the real, real pep talk about you're not done here, man. We'll see you come on the show again and your time will come. And I felt bad that Nelson's empowered speech that he gave at the end where he impassioned speech, I should say, he was just like, you know, I'm not a champion yet, but one day I will be a champion. Like, this is what I care about. I love this show so much, blah, blah, blah. It's given me so much. It was just really interesting to see. And I caught myself in thinking like, cause again, we got warned about the emotional moments we'll say in this episode. So I was kind of like, Oh, this is interesting. Like if I didn't know this was coming, I wonder what my reaction would have been like, Yeah, you know, cause it was, it was like a real, real moment, which I thought was cool. And I always catch myself as a curmudgeon producer where I feel like, Oh, you're trying to manipulate me. You guys got me. This was one of those where I was like, no, they did a really good job in telling this story and making you feel bad for Nelson. And we talk about it all the time. And sorry, I'll stop talking because I know I've been rambling just now for a while. But we talk about it all the time. What are these shows about? Why do you watch these shows? And why do you root for certain people? It's because they make you feel something. Everyone hates Skip Bayless, including Kevin Durant, as you saw by his tweet recently. But Skip Bayless makes a lot of money because he makes you feel something. It might be hate, right? But you're feeling something. It's not indifferent. 
And so Nelson has done a good job of having people really, really dislike him. And now he's having people really like him. And a lot yeah. of that comes from certain things. Like when he stepped down for Corey and let Corey go on ahead of him, like all of these things, just showing good behavior, the way he talked about his moms, that's just, you know, relatable for us. We know each other. So I know the people listening might be like, Oh, what are you guys talking about? but we know each other's relationship with our parents as well. And so that understanding of when you see Nelson have that discussion about how much his mom needs to him and what he yeah. wants to do for his mom, all of those things just makes us like Nelson. And I can't believe I just went on like a five minute rant, just talking about how much I liked Nelson this season. That's weird. What's happening right now, John, please I stop know. talking so that I can like, you know, snap out of this spell that I'm in right now. What's well, that's, happening? that's the thing. Like I, when Kyle and Nelson were squaring off, it made me realize that I, yes, I was cheering for Kyle. Like I still prefer other people to Nelson, mm -hmm. but I did feel genuinely sorry to see him eliminated. And mm -hmm. it made me realize, is this the most likable final eight in a, that we've seen on this show in some time like the person i like the least is emmy and like i don't think mm -hmm. she's a bad person i don't dislike emmy i find her annoying but yeah it's not like it's not like previous like last season when fessy was in the final i want fessy to lose in the worst way <laughs> that was not the case with this final right and like before that, you know, I was rooting against Rogan and D. You know, like there are so many people, mm -hmm. like clear villains, but like even with the el eliminations of Amanda and Emmanuel and Logan mm -hmm. just before this, I don't dis. I mean, I, I like Amanda. I'm neutral on Logan. Emmanuel sort of annoyed me, but like there is no. I know what you're saying. There's no There's dislikable no characters. Here. Yeah. Like, and sure. I also think it was cool that of the final eight, they all could have been first time champions except for CT. Like, mm -hmm. so I, my question to you is, is this the most likable final we've ever seen? I think overall the show's just going in a very different direction. Right. Yeah. It's not so much Fair. about having a villain or needing a villain or needing someone. Right. Cause if you think about it, Amanda was probably the quote unquote villain if there was one, but even like, it's not like she was doing anything to be disliked as no. TJ said, when she left, Oh, we know you give the devil horns and all that, but that's just a show. And we're, we see beyond that. Right. Like again, TJ giving the real talk, but it's the truth, right? Like there was no villain. So I feel like the show just going in a completely different direction where it is mostly likable characters right? And at worst, you're going to be indifferent about someone, right? And like, yeah. if we didn't know Nani from her long time being on the show, she'd be an example of someone who I'd be indifferent in terms of them being in the final and watching them because like, you didn't really do anything. You were just kind of there, right? But mm -hmm. you're right. I, I think it's strategic by the producers now. And it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second. I actually really like a bunch of these people. It's just because you're having less of the bleep disturbers for lack of a better term, right? They're not forcing in bear on us or something like that, right? And then 
I mean, we just we just went hard on Kyle versus Nelson. That's not even the emotional highlight of this episode because we have Casey versus Nani, mm-hmm. who are a couple. Yeah. And this was, I mean, Casey wins. This competition yeah. is best of three. Casey wins 2-1. And the confessionals, and you alluded to it already, the um, sort of retrospective they did of Nani and Nani talking speaking uh, to the camera and confessional about how Casey has made her feel so comfortable with herself and her own sexuality and how she said, you know, she's never, she's been in uh, same-sex partnerships before, but she's never felt comfortable holding her partner's hand in public, but she mm-hmm. does with Casey. I mean, what... Just a, a moving, uh, I guess, retrospective is the best word on Nani. Because we've seen her come a long way from her season, Real World Vegas. And to see her find peace and speak about how, you know, she's one of five and her uh, raised by a single mom. And just to see how far she's come and how much Casey means to her. And we've seen yeah. their relationship develop too. It was really nice. Like, the, like I said off the top, this got both Nelson's elimination and Nani's elimination. Made me missed up. Made me teary. Maybe I'm getting oh. soft in old age. But what do you think of this? No, I hear you. I hear you. I thought it was interesting. And you know, the I tried to break down both sides of it from Nani's standpoint. Like, I tried to look at it from okay, a real life perspective, you're in this relationship, you've obviously like growing in this relationship, and maturing, and you're seeing different sides of it. And, and that's amazing. That's awesome that you found this partner. But then I also tried to think about it for a sec from the actual game standpoint, right? And not that I don't think she could have beaten Casey anyways, like, let's say all things were equal, you probably couldn't beat Casey. But I'm just saying in this scenario you're in, because who knows what can happen? We saw Casey get hurt in the final last year. Who knows what can happen when you're there, right? But you essentially are giving up on a million dollars for someone that you are in a very like early relationship with, right? Like, and I'm saying this because like Jordan and Tori were married. So yeah. I, I'm saying this to say, we've seen a lot of different relationships pop up on the challenge yeah. at different points in different stages in different, you know, levels of serious we'll say, but we've also seen Nani in a bunch of different relationships on That's the true. challenge. And it did kind of strike me. And I had to think about him like, Oh man, I really hope this works out for her and Casey because it would suck to think that, All these years you've been trying to win, trying to win, trying to get to a final, trying to win, can't get over that hump. And then you get here and one of the years you're adding to your your L's, right? Not being able to finish the job off. It's because your partner, you basically let win. Yeah. Right. And you played the game more so for your partner or like in tandem or what was best for the both of you instead of what was best for you. Because again, a million dollars right? Like however you want to slice it, there's going to alter a lot of things. And you better hope that even if, like, and I don't know what the bell curve is. Is that the right thing when the two lines meet? And I don't know where that meeting point is in terms of the money 
if one line's money and then the other line is how long your relationship lasts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where that point meets to where you say, okay, well, we were together for two years. So that was worth not winning a million dollars or do you know what i'm saying do you know what i'm trying to yeah. say like i don't get where that is the risk but i just hope yeah. yes i just hope for nani's sake because of everything that she said in the real life thing that the game she doesn't ever look back and be like ah you know what i wonder what maybe this was one of my best chances to win and you know and the flip side is if they stay together i mean then she did win but we could have also said that about jordan and tori yeah. When Jordan won. I, ha- I have one question about this, though. If you're going to sort of give up and let Casey win, given Casey's injury history, mm-hmm. shouldn't Nani have given up earlier? <laughs> like, if you're going to give up. Assume... <laughs> give no, up I was going to say, I, I no, I, I assume you're totally right. And I agree with you. I was watching it thinking the same thing. Like, why would you even waste energy? right? Because it just seems like a waste of energy to make whoever was going to win, right? Um, Go through that. But I assume that for production reasons, and because it's a final, I bet you they made them, they're just like, hey, at least just we'll make it into a thing for sure. But we need you to at least try and not just like fold, fold. And I would assume and I, I know if I'm in production, and I'm doing that, I'm like, listen, I get that Nani, you just want to let her win, but I need you to do me a solid for the for the fact of this is the finale. We're doing a TV show. I need you guys to at least like pretend that you're trying. Yeah. And there's some type of resistance instead of just, you know, giving up and saying, hey, can I just lose now? Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, but the next interesting part that we really need to get to, right? As mentioned, um, Casey ends up going on and Kyle ends up going on. But then we get another twist. And the twist is that the two teams are over. And now we're going to shift to pairs. But the way that we get to said pairs is Kyle and Casey get to choose their partners. Was this as easy of a decision as it seemed? Yes. If you're Casey, I mean, I have it in my notes. Casey would be insane to not go for CT. Yeah. Like if you're in the final leg of a final mm-hmm. and CT is an option, you go for CT. Yeah. Like yeah. you you have to go for CT, especially because especially following the model of Amber B. Mm-hmm. Right? Like CT is literally his last three championships has carried other people to championships all you have to do with ct is keep pace with him physically which casey can do get out of his way for puzzles that's all you have to do with ct (laughs) like that's that is it ct ct is basically lebron right winning championships for the Cavs, winning championships for the lakers winning championships for the heat right and it's interesting because I was surprised because I thought maybe there's a world where Kyle and Casey would have thought, oh, maybe it'd be best if we work together, right? Because if yeah, I'm no. Kyle, I'd at least think about working with Casey because Casey, it, you know, you could argue is better than Tori, right? Mm-hmm. You could make the argument either way. I'm not really going to argue that point one way or the next, 
But uh, I did find it funny that the decision was made really quickly and CT looked really happy. Like, it's like he oh, yeah. kind of knew, oh yeah, this is going to go well for me. Everything is cool. Um, which led to the next part of the challenge, which was going up the hill. Sorry, Again. I just, I don't want to skip it. Kyle um, picked Tori as his partner. And this is my line of the episode. Kyle says, "Okay, my weaknesses are her strengths and my strengths are also her strengths. <laughs> <laughs> it was well played. It was well played. Um, I was just going to say Devin struggling to get up the hill. And, you know, this is why you mentioned it earlier, right? how impressive it was at the very end where Devin's giving the combination and all that. And he memorized all the numbers and it's like, yeah, that's cool. You know what else would have been cool if Emmy didn't have to like motivate you and drag your ass up the hill, maybe you would have been down sooner. And then you memorizing all the 20 digits by yourself would have actually mattered, but instead maybe it was easier for you to memorize because there was no pressure anymore. The pressure was gone because you already knew you were coming in third. Right? Yep, and if you play sports and you've played sports at some level, for sure, anyone who has would be able to tell you there's different moments and people react differently when the bright lights are on, when it's crunch time, when it's winning time, right? Yep. So it comes down to CT and Casey, Kyle and Tori. And Kyle mm-hmm. straight up says, like, his and Tori's strategy is, we just got to hang around CT and Casey. Like, as long mm-hmm. as we're within, like, neck and neck with them, this is anyone's game. Chance. We have a chance. We have a puncher's chance. CT and Casey get to the top first to memorize this 20-digit number. And they get to the bottom first. But Tori and Kyle are right there. And CT and Casey don't get the 20-digit number code on the first go. So Tori and Kyle arrive, and both pairs are trying to enter in that number. CT and Casey do get it first, but Kyle and Tori get it. Tori later estimates within 10 seconds. That has to be the closest final we have seen in some time. I can't remember a final that that, that was that close. I'm calling BS on Tori and maybe I'm just doing this because right before we started listening to this pod, I was listening to Amanda on another pod, which, you know, she still won't come on our pod, but we'll still get our, you killed it army to try to get her to come on, but that's okay. A story for another day, but she's talking a lot about Tori and how phony Tori is. Cause here's my thing. I'm thinking of it from a production standpoint. If you were 10 seconds behind them, they would have shown it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like 10 seconds is not that long of a time, right? Like we could probably not say something for 10 seconds on this podcast. And a lot of people would still stick around. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that long of a time. So if you finish 10 seconds behind as a producer, I'm telling you, I would have figured out a way to show that happening. Right. Yeah. Um, also too, uh, I want your thoughts on the strategy in terms of memorizing the numbers. Cause you know, one thing I'm always honest about is in the hot weather, when I'm like dead tired, my memory would go. I don't, I don't knock the people for struggling with some of these memorizing or when they have to memorize stuff, because I get it extreme fatigue, you're going to react differently. But for me, the first thing I thought of when they showed up the, the codes was I would have used sports jerseys. So when someone oh. was like 16, 02, 14, 
in my mind, it would have been Joe Montana, Kawhi Leonard, Joey Graham. I know there's probably a better number 14 than Joey Graham, but that's just what came to my mind because I'm a sad Raptors fan. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a sad Raptors fan, but the point is, you know, that's how I would have tried to memorize it. And that's me sitting on my couch. Right. Mm -hmm. Who knows what I would have thought of in the moment. Who knows? I probably would be so tired to be like, wait, what number was Kawhi Leonard again? I don't remember. (laughs) Right, Like what's going on, but that's what I thought. And I don't know. Cause Casey and CT, like I'd be so nervous putting in that code, trying to figure out like, you know, you make a mistake, check. Nope, that's wrong. Nope, that's wrong. Like I'd be getting so rattled. And how do you know which number you messed up? Did I mess up or did your partner mess up? Right? Yeah. Yeah. There was something, there was another twist that we didn't discuss. And that was the winning team gets to decide Mm -hmm. how the million dollars is divvied up. So CT Mm -hmm. and Casey win and it's decision time. How are they going to split up the money between themselves second place and third place they have the right to keep all million dollars themselves five five hundred thousand yeah. each or allocate some money to the other two teams mm-hmm. i thought about this as they were running the final and i said to myself i would do seven hundred thousand for me and my partner two hundred thousand for second place a hundred thousand for third place what would you have done in this situation sheldon so my move, honestly, as soon as they announced it, I would have made a deal at the very beginning, mm. right? I would have hedged my bets with everybody and the six of us, you know, so me and the five other people, as we line up, I would have said, hey, let's make a deal right now. So we say, whoever wins, this is how much you're going to take. And this is how much you're going to give to the other two teams and how, whatever the math works out. Cool. That's not important, but bottom Mm -hmm. line, I'm trying to make some type of deal. Now, of course, we know that someone could go against that deal, which would be a huge snake move, right? Yeah, definitely. But Hey, that would all be documented. And that could be a storyline. They could either choose to show or choose not to show. But, um, I think definitely you give some of the money because, um, Again, I don't know what the right number is. I have no idea. I don't know if you make a difference between second place and third place, but I definitely would have made a plan ahead of time because again, even if you're CT and Casey, right? And you're on that last move and you got to climb up. We just saw last year that Casey fell and like, you know, mess up her knee. So nothing is guaranteed. Even if you think, oh, well, we have the best team. We're going to be able to get up the fastest. It's not guaranteed. So I would have been trying to make a deal. What would your thought have been? I love, I, it had not occurred to me to make a deal, but I think you're totally right. Like, I think that's the move. Mm-hmm. I also, I think, I, so let's just, I'm going to circle back to the money thing. Let's just say CT and Casey decide they're going to keep 800,000. They give a hundred thousand dollars each to the two teams. So Kyle, Tori, Devin, and Emmy get 50 grand each. CT and Casey both get $400,000. I'm going to go ahead and guess that CT is your MVP of the episode. Sure. How could he not be? I want to talk about CT, though, because this uh, title, this championship, is his fifth championship 
And he is now the all-time money winner. He passes Johnny Bananas, and he has now a total winnings of $1.36 million on the show. He looked better this season than his previous two championships. He's the first person to win back-to-back seasons, finishing super strong. And he's our age. He's 38. So I think at this point, CT has to be the greatest challenger of all time. And I want to point something out. Because even in this victory, if you really break down what happened, how he did it, it's all the more impressive. Because you know what's smart about how he split the money? Next season, and I'm sure he's going to come back, he's got five solid allies, right? Because Tori, Devin, Emmy, Kyle, and Casey can all say, you know what? CT and Casey split the money with us. CT keeps winning, and he's not really making enemies. And I also noted, you know, in previous seasons, like last season, CT, Kyle, and Devin were sort of an alliance. Mm -hmm. Like, Kyle and Devin are certainly closer, but CT is sort of the third part of that alliance. When was the last time that we saw every member of an alliance make a final? Like, they didn't really talk about it, but those three basically worked together. They had their highs and lows, for sure. Mm -hmm. But they won the season, essentially, those three. Not Team Big Brother, not, I mean, there weren't really, there wasn't really a Lavender Ladies, but, you know, like, there's a a lot of, not the Young Bucks, yeah, but like low key, the trio of CT, Kyle, and Devin won. <laughs> like, so I just I had to point out that like CT, his alliance won in general, and by putting money in other people's pockets, he's in a good position next season to just keep doing it. Right? Yeah. Does, don't you think he's in a position to keep to keep winning? Totally. Cause the thing too, that happens, right? Obviously there's a certain point where people will try to go at prior winners. Yeah. But you just mentioned you're going to lessen that. Cause you're going to have some people that are like, well, I can't go at this guy. He gave me 50 grand when he had no need to, he literally didn't yeah. have to do that. But I also think that for him, the reason why it's a good move is because if you don't give anyone the money, then you're definitely a target right away <laughs> next season. Right? Like, so you, you have to do something. And also let's be serious. Okay. And I know like the answer is a hundred grand. Like I get that, but I'm saying what really is the difference between 400 and $500,000? Do you know what I mean? Like I get it. It's a hundred grand. And I'm not saying that a hundred grand isn't a lot. That's not what I'm saying at all. I would love a hundred grand, but my point more is the difference between four and five, right? Like in terms of putting the the good deed forward, you know, doing something nice for other people, the good karma, because I do think there's some karmic value to doing that as well, just because it's like, hey, like I have this opportunity to do that to someone else who's just been through this experience with me as well. Why not? Right. They like imagine going through that and then leaving with nothing. Yeah. That's a tough one. Well, and also also look at how taking the money has constantly constantly been thrown in Ashley's face, 
and Johnny's face. And I don't think it's the same what Ashley yeah. did and what Johnny did. I thought what Ashley did, I understand and I sympathize with. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. she's unfairly pilloried for taking the money from Hunter, who always treated her like shit, rather than Johnny, who took the money and destroyed his friendship with Sarah, who was trying really hard to repair their friendship. Yeah. But also, yeah. on some level, CT has to know that, sure, you could take the money, and that's an extra $100,000 because you're splitting with Casey, but you can yeah. win yeah. more money and have an easier time of it if you just share a little bit. <laughs> right yeah. no for it sure it even says it totally. like it's not necessarily about the money <laughs> yeah totally it's a nice gesture it's a nice thing to do and especially when you're talking about his career earnings of being 1.3 did you just say yeah like cool i can give other people 50 <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah cool and in, in the wise words of Mr. Sean Carter, what's 50 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Someone listening to the pod right now, just like, where the hell did that come from? And I love your reaction. Just like, yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's probably others that are like, I'm going to play Paris right now. <laughs> so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. All right, we're going off the rails. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're at the end of the season. We will be back next week for the reunion. Just Always in time for Christmas. Reunion. I want to thank all the listeners uh, for being patient the past two weeks. Uh, I don't want to get into details, but I've had a family situation that I couldn't tear myself away from. Things seem to be on improving. Um, so just thanks everyone for understanding, you know, we're usually on the ball in terms of, uh, having things out on time, but it was just unavoidable. Uh, so thanks again, everyone. And, uh, I guess until next week, this was, you killed it. I'm in someone else's house right now, so I don't really okay. feel comfortable yelling. <laughs> I'll yell. Let you it know. You killed it.